Is a heart rate of 120 or over good? This is episode 4 of Persistently Growing, Disclosing Disabilities. I've gone through several rounds of do I need help or can I do it alone? I'm a fiercely independent person and if someone acts like helping me is going to be an inconvenience, then I don't need it. I've been that way my whole life. It takes a lot out of me to whittle my pride down to a place where I allow myself to ask for help and then to receive a slap in the face in some form of sigh or another form of annoyed sound immediately shuts me down. For example, when I was in community college, I was diagnosed with several disabilities, and now I'm at a university. Disabilities coordinator was immensely rude. She was an older lady behind a little desk, and when I asked for the paperwork, she grumbled and groaned and got me the paperwork telling me, it's online. Well, gee thanks, but I didn't know that. So, uh, sorry to make you get up from your game of solitaire, Doris, but I'd like to pass my classes this year, and that means that I need your help. It takes me a good 5-10 minutes to gather up the courage to actually disclose my disabilities and not pick out the few that I think are less work for other people. I have to remind myself that I need assistance for those things, and I need to ask for it now or I'll have problems later when I do need the accommodations. If I end up not needing it, then I can file that under personal victories and get myself an ice cream for doing well, but I, can, I can't guarantee that, so I need to prepare for the worst and hope it doesn't happen. I recently found myself reading an article from The Mighty, which is a de- digital health community. Uh, this was posted July of this year, 2019. The article is titled, The Paradox of Living with an Invisible Disability, written by Jason Fagan. Jason opens his article with a classic topic of, What kind of superpower would you have if you could? Question. It's the one that kids always gask each other, and there's always that one person that argues for disability. What's not to love about the idea that you could just fade into the shadows at will and watch events play out without your direct involvement and without the consequences of being involved in those events? Think about it. If you were invisible, you could do so much. You could literally disappear from any embarrassing situation. You could play tricks on your friends, pretend to be a ghost, or even help people when they maybe don't need it. This week, I've had several brushes with my disabilities, which is why this episode is a little late, for which I apologize, but, you know, I have to take care of myself. Jason equates this pro-con relationship with invisible illnesses with a quote, having an invisible illness is a strange beauty. A lot of us are grateful that we have the option to disclose our disability. We have the chance to keep it secret, on a case-by-case basis. We have the ability to matrix dodge every assumption and stereotype, almost like Harry Potter's invisibility cloak that can be put away. 
Monday, I went to the doctor to see about getting a refill on my medication that I need to not be a depressed pile of sludge and to hopefully renew my ESA recommendation letter. This was a nerve-wracking experience because I had to entrust a brand new doctor to know what's best for me. And I was clamped up all day worrying about having to engage in a battle of wits with a new doctor to try and get him to understand that the pain that I am in when I don't have an animal companion. It's hard to explain because sometimes I feel like I'm just an overly needy pet owner, but I try to remind myself that life without an animal of any kind was painful and I felt that full force of all my illnesses together. To explain, when I went to community college, I was in the dorms and I did not know that I had several illnesses that would have been alleviated by having an ESA or emotional support animal. I ended up having a room all to myself and rarely ate, rarely showered, didn't brush my teeth, only ate junk food that cost minimum amount of money, barely went to class, and scooted by with my grades, which is not something I enjoy doing. My ESA is a cat. His name is Firian, and although he might not function like some people would think he should, he does help me so much more than I could ever hope to explain, which is why it, would, it was nerve-wracking thinking that I would have to try and explain to this doctor just what kind of hell I had to live through without some sort of companionship. After visiting with the doctor, he told me that he wasn't sure if he could write the ESA letter, he wasn't sure if the laws had changed, or if it was something that he was able to do in his job description. But he told me that he'd call me the next day to let me know that they were going to write it or not. Firian isn't a big cuddler, so some people think that he can't do his job, but that's not really something I expect of him. Of course I wish he would cuddle, cats are fun to cuddle with, but he does a lot of other things. When he was young, he started to bite my feet and hands if I was in bed too late while I was in between jobs. I know he was just playing, but it got me out of bed. Now he jumps down and meows for food and tries to scratch the door, which of course also gets me out of bed because I'd like my security deposit back. And then when he's eating, I also realize I'm hungry because he chews so loud. He makes me laugh. And, like I said in the last episode, laughter is extremely good for you. He likes to chase these tiny craft balls that uh, most people put on, like, hats. He hates and loves those things. It's hilarious. He may not be the smartest, and he might not be the most logical, but he is there for me, and he does help me. Life without him really would suck. Tuesday, I met with a prospective new employer about joining their team. I needed to speak with them about my disabilities because they can be triggered by some events that are impossible to predict. The meeting went well, I think, though right afterwards, I wasn't really sure whether or not the job was a good fit for me. I asked the group if they'd like me to explain my disabilities so that they could better understand me. And I was reminded that it's 100% up to me to disclose my disability or not. I chose to, because even though I have a hard time with them, talking about them helps me accept them. My disabilities are a part of me, and to some extent they do affect how I'm 
able to work. I told them a really quick synopsis of what my disabilities are and how I've been dealing with them. And after the meeting, I realized I never got that call from the doctor about whether or not he could write the ESA letter. Even when a disability is invisible, that doesn't keep the restrictions away. I myself have to deal with mine daily and stubbornly see how long I can push myself until I have to call it a day. Oftentimes, I cry silently at my desk because the problems have piled on too high. And that's just it. The longer a person ignores their needs and the limits of their disabilities, the more pain they cause themselves. After a time of acting tough, like I don't suffer, I start to feel like I'm lying to people, that I've made everything up for attention. It's hard to wrestle with myself over the option to go home and take care of myself or stay at work and make money. This happens more often than not. Wednesday was an absolute dumpster fire. I woke up to the smoke detectors in my unit's vacant rooms going off and to my surprise, a frozen hell. I had forgotten to turn off the air conditioning and closed all the windows, so when I woke up, everything was chilly and horrible. I can truly not think of a ruder awakening than a frosty faux wooden floor. I made breakfast, sat and watched some Veronica Mars, and got surprising cuddles from my cat. Then I headed to work, only to find out that my back tire was flat and I needed to fix it. Thankfully, I have AAA and I was able to wait for them for an hour to help me change my tire. I know how to change a tire, I just don't have the tools for it, and I know very well that had I changed my tire that day, I would have gotten severely frustrated and possibly damaged my car or someone else's, and that's not good. And just to explain, I mean, I was going to go trash somebody's car, probably just frustratedly throw my tools into the road. Um, the rest of the day, I think, went smoothly, except for the fact that I missed out on the best paying part of my job, and still no ESA letter. So I continued to freak out and lose hair and have a sick stomach. Thanks, anxiety. Thursday, I talked with my supervisor about my disabilities and how they might impact my job at the office. She was attentive and listened, even offered to go to a more private location, but I was too tired to get up and go somewhere else. The rest of Thursday was a blur, to be honest. I remember going home, maybe for lunch, but it's possible it was at the end of the day. I know that Thursday was the day that I got my tire changed and I realized how dirty my house was. It isn't actually dirty, it just wasn't really tidy, which frustrated me because I was upset that I wasn't able to keep my surroundings tidy. After work, I went and I got my tire patched and the oil changed. I was on edge all day because I knew I had to spend at least $70 which is a lot in one sitting for me. I'm a broke college student. I don't really want to spend almost $100. The mechanic shop that I use has a shuttle, and I thought they'd take me home, but I sat in their waiting room and I watched the shuttle drive off without me, right after I got a call from my doctor saying that I could pick up my ESA letter. So in typical me fashion, self-destruction and independence, I gathered my things and walked to the hospital wasn't too long of a walk, maybe four or five blocks, but it was hot out. 
And with one of my allergies being photosensitivity or an allergy to the sun, it was a battle in its own. I could almost say it was worth it to hold that piece of paper that is more important than my high school diploma. I'd be lying if I said I didn't cry the whole way back to the mechanic shop to pick up my car. Having an invisible illness can be both a blessing and a curse, a gift and a burden disguised as a choice, says Jason Fagan in his article at The Mighty. We have to decide if it's worth it to disclose a disability or hide it. And sometimes I find myself in this uncomfortable gray area of, well, I'm not that disabled, but I'm also not disabled enough for that. Caught between being grateful and inadequate. Friday was fine, I think. I don't remember much other than I told myself in the morning I'm going to commit to my diet, and then at the very end of the workday, the office threw a cake party. I was finally able to clean my house and put my life back in some form of order. The only battle left was with myself, putting my mind back into a kinder place and making sure I was content with how things had panned out, which I was and was not. Friday and the rest of the weekend, I battled against my former self, who was accepting of my weight and bad habits, and the new me I'm forging, who wants desperately to be happy and healthy. Thoughts of how I'll never be good enough and that I'll always have to change, that none of this is worth it, and how every time I go to the gym, I see fit women and immediately think that my boyfriend would be better off dating some gym rat who enjoys the gym and would be a super fun workout buddy. Even though the weekend is over, the battle isn't. Just because I've worked with my school, my jobs, friends, and family to inform everybody of my inabilities doesn't mean that it's going to go away. I'll have good days and I'll have bad days. And as Jason Fagan says in his article, everyone who faces disabilities is entitled to their own approach and even their own inconsistencies. There are no easy or universal solutions, just as there are no invisibility cloaks. But if children around the world can believe in that magic, perhaps they can also grow up to share Dumbledore's acceptance of the incomprehensible. Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry, but why on earth should that mean it's not real? Thank you for listening, and I hope this episode gave you hope for your disabilities. I'll link the article written by Jason Fagan at TheMighty.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leaving a review is always the most helpful you can give. Find your way to the Facebook page at Persistently Growing on Facebook. Also, if you have a story of personal growth or a really exciting event that's happened to you recently, let me know at MavenPage at gmail.com. M-A-E-D-Y-N-T-A-I-T-E at gmail.com Thank you, and as Chris Burke says, it's not our disability, it's our ability that
Alright. This is what we've learned in French. Take a deep breath in and exhale out. All right. So after the listening exercise of desired professions required courses and desired courses, there is a grammar section using the correct indefinite article and the opposite of each ex 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 adjective. Pay attention. Les professeurs sont mauvais, spelled like mauvais, which means bad. Mon, ce sont des bons professeurs. No, they are good professors. And it's plural, so you need to use des and bons, B-O-N-S. Learn est une ville très grande. Is Laramie a big city? No, c'est une petite ville. No, it's a small town. And that is feminine, so it's U-N-E, une, petite, P-E-T-I-T-E. And ville has an E at the end. La écreuse, squirrels, du campus sont mons. M-I-N-C-E-S, mons, look like minces, which means skinny. Mon, ce sont des gros squirrels. So again, plural, so you need des, and it's masculine, so there is no E-S at the end of gros. It is G-R-O-S-S. Laramie es un ville moche. So is Laramie an ugly city? Non, c'est une belle ville. It is feminine, so c'est une, U-N-E-B-L-L-E. La université du Laramie est nouveau, which means new. Non, c'est une vieille université. V-I-E-I. L L E for vieux, which is the offensive term for old. Next, we're moving on to professions. We are going to conjugate the verb pouvoir, which is P O U V O I R. And for pouvoir, we are going to conjugate it. For the jobs. So, so pouvoir, je is P E U X. The same with tu, P E U X. Il, elle, and on, 
are P-E-U-T, Nus, Pouvons, P-O-U-V-O-N-S, Vous, P-O-U-V-E-U-Z, Eels and Els is Pouvent, P-E-U-V-E-N-T. The first exercise is J'aime en beaucoup la musique. Elle est joue du piano. So he likes piano, which means he il put P-E-U-T être musician M-U-S-I-C-I-E-N Els Pouvent, P-E-U-V-E-N-T. Um, don't forget that droit, D-R-O-I-T, means law. So the profession is going to be a lawyer. Uh, two is P-E-U-X. J is P-E-U-X as well. Um, comptable, C-O-M-P-T-A-B-L-E, is for finances. Il, P E U V E N T, Fuvent. Engineer is spelled the most weird way I N G E, excellent aigu, N I E U R. Alright, moving into more professions with the indefinite articles and the definite articles. Uh, so our first one is cest une vendeur. So with the cest, you will use une, which is U-N or U-N-E, and then the profession. If it is like number two here, L.S. assistante sociale. Uh, no, no, that's wrong. It's secrétaire. Um, if it says L-est or Il-est or Il-sont or El-sont, then you just need to put the job. If it has a cest, cest or cessant, then you need to use une, U-N-E, or des, or, which is D-E-S, which would be for plurals. Um, now we're going to go back to page 93, which is for the conjugation of elle, which is to go. This is for the um, explaining where the persons need to go based on where they, what they want to do. Um, the first one is nous sommes malades, so we are sick. Uh, the conjugations for aller to is vas, which is v a i s, uh, or je v a i s. To is vas, which is v a s. Il, elle, and homme are va, v a. Nous allons, nous allons, uh, a l l o n s. Vous allez, A-L-L-E-Z, il and else is vont. So, for we are sick, this is 
alliance, nous allons à la infirmerie. Elle mange à Panda Express. She wants to eat at Panda Express. So, elle va à Sainte-Elle étudiante. Sa chambre est à Downey Hall. Her room is in Downey Hall. Or there. So them. So you need to use elle or il. Va à résidence université. Ils font du sport. Ils vont. V-O-U-V-O-N-T. A-U. Centel sportif. O-U-O. A-U. Au. Jemas. Etudiant alemen. Jemen. Je vas al labo de language. Lingus, I think. All right, so directions are next. We're going to go to page 140. Oop, here we go. A côté de, next to, or beside. A droite to the right of, a gauche de, to the left of, danse, in or inside, derrière, behind, devant, in front of, en face de, across from, loin de, far from, près de, close to. Again, a côté de is a, accent aigu, a uh, cote has an O with a little house over it and a T with an accent U. Oh no, the A is accent glob. Um, to the right of is a droite with the A with an accent glob. To the left of is a gauche with the A accent glob. G A U C H E. Inside, dance, D-A-N-S, dance. Behind is derriere, D-E-R-R-I-E, accent grave, R-E. In front of, devant, D-E-V-A-N-T. Across from, en face de, E-N-F-A-C-E, D-E. Far from. L-O-I-N-D-E, loin de, close to or near, pres de, P-R-E-S-D-E. The next part is a letter to friend. So you get eight or so, seven or eight. Uh, verbs to conjugate, devoir, which we've done, préférer, être, rendre viste, souvoir, perdre, pouvoir, entendre. So, uh, 
the conjugation for entendre j'ai entends the conjugation for préférer is j'ai préféré p r e accent aigu f accent grave r e the conjugation for souvrir is sui which is s u i s the conjugation for perdre is p e r d pib the conjugation for devoir is one that we've already seen uh nous is devons and je is dois d o i s uh rens uh for the rendre visite the visite will stay the same but rendre is conjugated into rens so it will be ren visite uh the conjugation for pouvoir to p e u x p or j p e u t i believe The next one that we see is the conjugations of uh vu uh, and devoir which are on pages 128 and 129 um so first we have these are the verbs that devoir must to have to supposed to they're going to be used in the last part je dois d o i s also used for to to dois d o i s il elle and on d o i t doit nous devons d e v o n s vous d e v e z ils and els doivent d o i v e n t uh vuit uh vouloir to want it's going to be used in the first part so i want to go do this but i have to do that je vu v e u x also used for to to vu v e u x il elle and on v e u t il vunt l vunt nous is voulons v o u l o n s vous v o u l e z voulez il and els voulent v e u l e n t then next is your reading make sure you work very very closely at the reading and think logically your extra credit is going to be um related to the universities in France and Quebec so Quebec um remember that swan talked to us about how the 
campus is really spread out each sort of college so like here at the university it's a university but there's like the college of business and the college of arts and sciences and then the college of engineering and the college of agriculture um like that there's also buildings like that in uh france where there are certain like complexes and campuses for those colleges but they're part of the same university that's all i really remember from that other than like the dormitory sucked and they were really far away and most people got apartments close to the university or in cheap suburbs uh do some research tomorrow but remember it's just the extra credit so don't stress too much about it if you don't have time uh i'll maybe make another recording if i think of some more don't worry take a deep breath it's okay you don't need to worry about anything remember to take deep breaths and listen to yourself you've got this and you are a smart person